Traditional Chinese medicine is an ancient practice making waves in the modern health era, addressing mind, body and soul as one unit TCM aims to connect the human with the being on multiple levels. Health shouldn't be elusive or inaccessible, a notion that this ancient practice adheres to. Our products at Your Tea are merely a stepping stone to this brilliant wellness modality. Hence, we are here to honour and discover the intricacies of revered traditional Chinese medicine. In our podcast, we discuss the Chinese medicine approach and interpretation of health what it means, and how TCM endeavours to achieve it. From endometriosis to digestion, qi to shen, PCOS to menopause, eating to movement, and mind to soul. Blood, cervical fluid, and hormonal changes. In this episode, we invite TCM Dr. Lauren Curtin to discuss the essentials for a healthy menstrual cycle from a Chinese medicine perspective. We dive into the four phases of the menstrual cycle and focus on how the period is considered the fifth vital sign for a female. Blood flow, colour and the amount of days bleeding are all elements you should be observing, as well as the different types of cervical fluid throughout the menstrual cycle. Exactly what should your blood and cervical fluid look like and what is happening with your hormones? Tune in to find out more. Let's start by discussing what a menstrual cycle is and how it should look from a TCM perspective. So a menstrual cycle is a really key indicator of health. In Chinese medicine, we place a huge importance on the menstrual cycle and our periods because they give us a wealth of information in how our body is actually functioning. And it's even referred to as the fifth vital sign because it gives us that much information and it's that important in our bodies. So a normal menstrual cycle is divided into four different phases. There is menstruation, which is the bleeding phase. There is the follicular phase, ovulation, and then the luteal phase. And then at the end of the luteal phase, menstruation starts again. So it's this nice cycle and loop happening. Exploring these different phases in more depth, can you please go into the first phase of the cycle, which you mentioned is menstruation? So the first part of the cycle is when you actually have your period. So from a Chinese medicine perspective, this is when we want to be paying a lot of attention to all of the different qualities and characteristics of the bleed. So ideally, our period should be lasting for four to five days. There should be no clotting, no spotting and no pain and no PMS. And the color should be a fresh, bright red. There shouldn't be any brown blood. There shouldn't be any black or purple blood. These can be quite common, but it's a sign that there is an imbalance in the body underneath. So typically some really dark, like old brown blood can be a sign of blood stagnation for some women. And with treatment, we can try and get that to fresh, healthy blood. And that means that the whole body is flowing much more freely. So we want to be paying attention the days that we're bleeding and 
what the flow is like, making sure that it's not too heavy, not too light, that there's no flooding and that someone isn't just spotting and that's their period. We want to be having a good, healthy flow. And then, like I said, no clots and then no spotting. And then the second phase, the follicular phase, can you please explore that in some more depth? So once we've just had our period, that's when all of our hormones drop and that triggers the release of the lining. And then as we enter into the follicular phase, this is when all of our hormones start resurging again. So this is when the brain is talking to the ovaries to start producing some little follicles on the ovaries. And during this phase, this is when all of the attention is on the ovaries. We want lots of nurturing energy and lots of really good lifestyle practices going towards cultivating all of this energy in the ovaries and it's during this phase that one of the follicles on the ovaries will become the dominant follicle and the rest will recede back and that dominant follicle will then keep nurturing keep maturing and then that's the one that will eventually ovulate so leading on from that the third phase you mentioned is ovulation what does healthy ovulation look like from a tcm perspective So from our perspective, we want to be seeing lots of really good quality cervical fluid leading into ovulation. So as soon as you start seeing cervical fluid after your period, that's the sign of your fertile window opening. And typically before ovulation, we want to be seeing clear fluid, lots of lubricated, watery, stretchy, like um, water dense fluid. And for some women, it can even be a little bit milky or a little bit lotiony. But we want to be seeing a distinct change in fluid in the days approaching ovulation. And then typically, once ovulation takes place, this will mean that one follicle has burst and released an egg. And then we enter into the next phase of the cycle. And then after that, the cervical fluid should actually dry up. But from a Chinese medicine perspective, We want to be making sure that there's lots of good, healthy cervical fluid. And this gives us good insight to someone's underlying yin because the yin is really associated with our water and the water is all about cervical fluid. So noticing your cervical fluid and paying attention to the quality can give us a good insight into your yin. And looping back to the healthy menstrual cycle, what day would we be up to round about now in the menstrual cycle? So what day should we be ovulating approximately? So ideally, it's around that classic day 14 time, but it's quite normal and common for ovulation to vary by a few days. But I would typically want to see ovulation happen, from my perspective, before day 20. And that would indicate that there's good reserves of chi and blood for that woman. And she's free of stagnation and damp, and it's allowing ovulation to take place at a healthy time. Whereas for some women, their ovulation can happen much later in their cycle. And that can mean that there is a delay to ovulation for whatever reason. So I like to see ovulation as close to day 14 as we can get, um, but definitely before day 20. With the damp and the stagnation, would you say with ovulation, for it to be considered healthy, there shouldn't be any signs of pain or discomfort similar to the bleed? Exactly. So a lot of women can get symptoms around ovulation, like bloating or getting abdominal pain with ovulation. And sometimes the pain or discomfort can happen in the days leading into ovulation or the days post. But from a Chinese medicine perspective, we always like there to be absolutely no pain or discomfort or symptoms 
ever. <laughs> so if someone is getting signs of some ovulation pain or bloating, or sometimes women even feel a bit nauseous or can get headaches, any type of symptom around ovulation means that there's just something out of whack, something isn't flowing as freely as it should be. So that's a really good key and a really good clue to dive a bit deeper. It's good to clarify that because I think a lot of women would put up with these symptoms for such a long time and perhaps put it down to being a normal for them. So totally. And there's such a big difference, especially when it comes to women's health and menstrual cycles. There's a huge difference between what is really, really common and then what is normal because a lot of women experience period pain, but that's not actually normal. That's not not what a normal period should be like, but because it's experienced by a lot of the population of women, we kind of think that it's normal, but it's important to know what a healthy cycle should actually be like. Totally. Moving on to the final phase that you mentioned, the luteal phase. Can you please explore that from a TCM perspective and what should be happening there for it to be considered healthy? So the luteal phase happens as soon as we've ovulated. So once we ovulate our progesterone surges, and from a Chinese medicine perspective, progesterone is really governed by our kidney yang. So we want to see a slight change in our basal body temperature. And in this phase, it's all about the holding and nurturing phase. So there could be potentially an egg being fertilized during this time. And we really want this phase to be lasting roughly 14 days or two weeks. And that would indicate that there's good reserves of progesterone, good reserves of the kidney yang. And that indicates an ideal environment, not just for fertility, but for overall health as well. So the first phase of the cycle before ovulation is more to do with the estrogen. And then the second phase after ovulation in the luteal phase is more about the progesterone. So this phase is when a lot of women can start to experience PMS. Usually most of the symptoms women feel with their periods actually happen before they get their period. So this could be when mood is changing or some of them get headaches or they get skin breakouts or they're getting abdominal pain or pelvic pain before the period even starts. And that will be happening during this phase of the cycle in luteal phase. So this is when we want to be paying attention to symptoms because for a lot of women, if they are getting symptoms with their menstrual cycles, this is when it's going to happen. So from my perspective as a Chinese medicine practitioner, we want to be really observing and paying attention to any kind of symptom that comes up during this time because that can really give us a key insight into how that person's health is functioning and whether it's optimal or not. Before we move on from the four phases of the menstrual cycle, could you please just briefly touch on the different hormones that you've mentioned there? So the estrogen and the progesterone and the role that they play in the menstrual cycle and perhaps just touching on what should be happening with those hormones for a healthy menstrual cycle. So during our period, that's when all of the hormones go down to baseline. But then we have some hormones called our FSH, which is our follicle stimulating hormone. And then the LH, which is the luteinizing hormone that start to rise again during our period, usually on day two or three. And these hormones start to talk to the ovaries to get them to build up an egg. But this phase is all about the estrogen as well. So the estrogen will increase in response to the follicle growing and the estrogen is what increases the cervical fluid. So good amounts of cervical fluid before ovulation can indicate really good healthy levels of estrogen. 
This is why if we see women in clinic that have no cervical fluid at all, that can give us an indication into their estrogen levels and then also their yin because we associate estrogen falling under the role of kidney yin. So estrogen is really all in that building, that growth phase before ovulation. And then as we transition into the luteal phase after ovulation, then that is all about the progesterone. That's a really warming hormone that comes under the kidney yang. And that's why we want to see a really healthy balance in the cycle length. So not period length, but actually your cycle length. So ideally it's around 28 days, but anything from like 26 to 35 days is usually pretty healthy. Um, but if we're seeing a healthy balance between the estrogen and progesterone, then the period should be symptom-free. Whereas if some women have issues with their estrogen, if they're having high levels of estrogen or they're not metabolizing their estrogen well, then before their period in their luteal phase, that's when they can start getting symptoms because that's when their progesterone should be really high and estrogen should back off. But if they're having issues with their estrogen, then the two kind of battle it out and then that's when we can get symptoms. So that's why it's really important to pay attention to what symptoms you're getting all throughout your cycle, not just your period. Super interesting. You've mentioned um, a little bit there about cervical fluid. So I'd love to go into now what is cervical fluid and what importance does it hold from a TCM perspective? So the cervical fluid is like pure gold. It is what <laughs> is secreted from the cervix. So the cervix at the end of the uterus has all of these different crypts and glands within the cervix. And these are the glands that start to secrete that fluid in response to high levels of estrogen. So the purpose of the cervical fluid is actually really related to our fertility because the cervical fluid is really alkaline, whereas our vaginas are usually quite acidic. So the cervical fluid is really similar to semen and it actually helps to house and protect them if we're trying to conceive. So that's why the best time to try if you're trying to fall pregnant is as soon as you start seeing that cervical fluid, because that's a fluid that's going to keep the sperm alive. But aside from fertility, it can give us really good indications into our underlying health, depending on how much cervical fluid we're seeing, if it's clear, if it's claggy, and what the consistency is like. If it's stretchy or if it's kind of a bit more rubbery, a bit more gummy-like, that gives us heaps of information from a Chinese medicine perspective. And would you say there are different types of cervical fluid produced throughout the cycle? Yes, so we'll usually see a pattern happen throughout the cycle. So usually after the period, a lot of women will just have no fluid at all, or some women can see some fluid quite early on in their cycle. And that tells us something from a Chinese medicine perspective, if they're producing quite a lot of cervical fluid. Um, but as we approach ovulation, that's when we should really see that big increase in cervical fluid. And then after ovulation, Ideally, there's pretty much nothing. So for a lot of women, they'll just have no more fluid for the rest of that cycle until they get their next period. But for some women, they can be noticing profuse fluid or mucus throughout their whole cycle. And from a Chinese medicine perspective, that can indicate some dampness in their system because as we've talked about on previous podcasts, dampness can be a sign of fluid metabolism being compromised and lymphatic flow being compromised as well. And so if someone's showing signs of excessive fluid, excessive mucus, 
when there really shouldn't be any, that can tell us that perhaps that person may have some damp in their system. And dampness is always created in response to a compromised digestive system. So that's why it's really key to observe not only your period, but then also any other fluid you see throughout your cycle, because that can tell us a lot also about your digestion. Mm, I think a lot of people would just focus on the blood, which is super important, but it's also good to know some more information on the cervical fluid. Moving on to the menstrual blood now, how does this differ from general blood throughout the rest of the body and what is its significance from a TCM perspective? So the menstrual blood has a huge significant role in Chinese medicine because this is like our essence that we're shedding. So this is what we've created from our yin and it's a very precious substance in Chinese medicine and it's very different compared to if we cut our finger and we bled. It's actually quite different structurally and chemically. So there's all sorts of other things that are in the menstrual blood that isn't actually just blood. There's usually different types of immune proteins and different types of mucus and stem cells and all of these cool things that are in menstrual blood. But the quality and consistency of it gives us such a good insight into our underlying health and plays a big role in our health as well. What is considered a healthy bleed from a TCM perspective? So from a TCM perspective, we would want to see four to five days of a good flow. We don't really want to see any spotting at all. A lot of women can get spotting before their period starts or at the end. We want a period that just starts and stops very easy and very um, succinctly. And we don't want to see any clots because it's quite common for some women to get stringy clots, which can indicate some dampness or some like harder clumpy pieces of blood. And this can range anywhere from like a 10 cent piece, which is okay-ish, all the way to like a golf ball size. So obviously the bigger it gets, the more extreme the blood stagnation is. But ideally we're not seeing any blood at all, uh, any clots at all. And we want the flow to be good. And then we also don't want there to be any symptoms at all. So if someone's getting any cramping, if they're getting mood changes, if they're getting headaches, if they're feeling nauseous, if they're getting breast tenderness or skin breakouts, anything that happens around the period is a really big sign to dive a bit deeper into your health. Because from a Chinese medicine perspective, the period should just come and go with complete ease. And it should really be a non-event and it shouldn't stop us from doing anything. So if there are any symptoms coming up, we definitely want to sort them out. And going into colour, which you briefly touched on there, what colour is your period when you begin? So when the period begins, we want it to be a fresh red blood. We don't want there to be any brown. And we basically want it to stay the same colour throughout the whole period. So ideally, it starts a fresh, healthy red and stays that way until the period finishes. So we don't really, ideally, from a Chinese medicine perspective, want to be seeing any brown blood at the start or at the end or th throughout the whole period or any brown blood, any really dark, rusty color colored blood. And sometimes some women can even experience really, really deep, ready, purpley type of blood. And that can indicate some pretty severe stagnation in their system. And usually that type of color is accompanied by pain or clots. So ideally, the blood is the same fresh, healthy red color throughout the whole period. If women are seeing certain signs such as brown blood or purple blood, like you've mentioned, or clots, 
What are some lifestyle recommendations you have um, that they can implement in their lives to improve these symptoms? So it would really depend what kind of color it is and then what their flow is like because sometimes some women can get brown blood throughout their whole cycle but they're just spotting like their period is really really light which makes sense and that could mean that their lining is quite thin and there's just not enough blood to shed and from a Chinese medicine perspective it would just show to us that that woman would typically be pretty blood deficient as a pattern and she's just not having enough blood to actually shed through her period And usually when there's not much blood, there's not much flow, and then the blood has more time to oxidize, so then it turns brown. So we would focus on that woman differently compared to a woman that has really, really heavy periods and it's like really dark, black, purpley blood. That would indicate a lot of blood stagnation, and typically it could be a blood heat pattern or she could have spleen chi deficiency because the spleen holds the blood within the vessels. So if our digestive system is weak from a Chinese medicine perspective, that can cause easy bleeding and she may even have easy bruising as well. So if someone is having darker colored blood, almost regardless of the cause, helping to invigorate circulation is always going to be beneficial. So For more specific things, people are best directed by their practitioner, so they're really specific to them and addressing their pattern. But something that anyone can do is just increase their circulation. So that could be just gentle exercise, gentle pelvic movement, whether that's yoga or Pilates or just like really good brisk walks to get that blood moving. And then heat packs are great to actually increase the circulation and the blood flow within the reproductive system because when it is dark, that is showing some kind of stagnation. So we always want to get that stagnation moving. And touching back on the spleen that you mentioned there um, briefly, would you say that food is also a really great place to start and how perhaps women who are blood deficient or think they may be blood deficient could be eating certain foods that could support their digestive system through these symptoms? Totally. We see a lot of changes happening with period qualities and the experience a woman has of her period based on diet. So a lot of improvements can be made just by tweaking diet alone. But if you're talking about blood deficiency as a specific example, usually that woman would have pretty light periods. She could have long cycles. She could be really dizzy when she gets her period. She could be a little bit more anemic. And if she's showing signs of deficient blood, then from a Chinese medicine perspective, we want to be really nourishing her and building up her blood as much as we can. So the go-tos would always be like a really good quality bone broth, really good, easy to digest meals like soups and stews and lots of lots of warming cooked foods really help to nourish the blood. And even things like beetroot can be amazing to build the blood as well. We are definitely going to do another episode on food throughout the menstrual cycle as well. So for those of you who are interested in that specifically, stay tuned for that episode. We will leave it there today for our episode on signs for a healthy menstrual cycle. Lauren, thank you so much again for joining us and for sharing all of your amazing knowledge um, on Chinese medicine. Thanks for having me.
Thank you so much for listening to another episode of TCM Honoured by Your Tea. The views expressed on today's episode are those of the independent authors and commentators and do not constitute medical or pharmaceutical advice. If you enjoyed this episode, please let us know by leaving a review and subscribing. If you have any questions, you can reach us on Instagram at yourtea or by emailing us at hello at yourtea.com.